0: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way back again with you guys for another episode of you know this show that we enjoy doing every single week. <laughs> the Arsenal Agenda series returns uh, of course uh, talking about everything Arsenal Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, Bailey I'm not gonna ask how you're doing I'm just gonna ask how you're coping.
1: Yeah it just feels like a second Monday morning right now it feels like it's another Monday morning doesn't feel great uh last night wasn't the greatest but It's the hangover at the moment. Hopefully, as the day goes, we'll start feeling better as Arsenal fans.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you don't, as Guy said last night, if you don't laugh, you will cry. So uh, we're going to be discussing yesterday's defeat and the frustrations and what it might mean uh, moving forwards. Before we do, though, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new uh, and help us on our way to 20,000 subs. Uh, let's crack on then. We're talking about yesterday's game, Belly. Of course, uh, you weren't on during the game. um with myself and Chris, of course, but you were, I'm sure, watching it through uh, a couple of pillows, maybe behind the sofa. It wasn't the most, uh, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, I knew it was going to be a tough game, mm. don't get me wrong, but the performance was truly awful, really awful.
1: Yeah, uh, a few weeks ago on the Predictor show with Guy Clark on, on this channel, I said I believe we would lose 2-0 to Crystal mm. Palace on a Monday night at her spot. I hate it. I have crazy PTSD. I think Palace, the fans, mm. it's one of the best stadiums in the league, especially like, on an evening game Monday night, like yeah. on first game back from international break. It's just not what you want. And uh, for me, the result, I wasn't too too angry about was the performance. And I could see it coming. I think it was the first 10 minutes of the game I saw Lacazette, take a bad touch. I saw Erdegaard take a terrible touch. And I I saw Thomas Party also take a a really Mm. large touch. I was like, ooh, these boys aren't up for this. And I could tell the way the direction the game was going. and It was not going to go well. I think the uncertainty from the back was contagious for the rest of the squad. And it just unnerved the whole team. I think if we had Tierney starting, if we had Tomoyasu in the squad, of course, if Ramisdale was fully fit, then I reckon it would have been a bit different. But I I think the uncertainty from the back really did... Come across to the rest of the team of course Saka just come back from Covid as well so he wasn't up to his, mm. his sharpest it was really a, a tough game for us but for me the defeat wasn't the worst thing for me it was a Thomas Party injury that's when I was like oh this isn't this is worrying I'd rather just take the 2 nil, 3 nil, yeah. forget about it and go into the next game but with Thomas Party's injury it's hard to do that I think he's so important to the squad I think when he starts our winning percentage is 70%, 70%, when he does it, it's 44%. It's a major drop-off, so I'm hoping it was just a tweak of the fight. It's nothing serious, otherwise that's when I'm going to start to worry.
0: Yeah, look, I thought Lokonga came on and did really, really well. Um, To be fair, it was kind of the only bright spark of the match um, with with Lokonga coming on, but... We, I don't really have too many comms with the lineup, to be honest. The only change I may have made was Martinelli for Smith Rowe at the start. That's the only one I really would have made a change for. But when you're without Tierney, Tavares comes in. He's the guy you've brought brought in in the club, and you know he's had previously good performances. Yes, he's had questionable displays as we saw in Nottingham Forest, but you know the games against Newcastle and Watford and Aston Villa and Leicester City, you know, were all really good, and you know he was involved in all of those victories and and, and performed well. So when that performance is is there and the performance of the players you say Partey was off erdogan was off lacazette was off uh, gabriel was off as well um i didn't think it was cedric's best game by any means although i thought he was you know i didn't think he was awful one of the highlights of the bad team but how much of it do you point towards the manager and you know the decisions to set things up and you know is he is there any worth criticism of the coach
1: See, I was seeing this on social media. People blaming mm. Arteta. What is there to blame him for? What is there to blame him for? I don't get it. He's, he's played the lineup that was expected to play. Maybe Martinelli and Smith Rowe is probably the mm. only, only debatable player who could come. In. Are you know, you're going to change the whole system with that with an excellent run. You don't do that. You keep the same system that was going well. So you can't really blame Arteta. I, I believe Arteta can't force Thomas Party, Martin Odegaard, or Alexander Lacazette like in the first 10 minutes to to take a terrible touch or play passes to the opposition or every passing was, every pass was bubbled. It was, the players couldn't keep the ball down. As I said, I tweeted out, it's like Arsenal are playing on Hackney Marshes, whereas whereas Crystal Palace are playing on the most smoothest of, of service as possible because their passes were going well. So Arteta can't stop that. He can't really, he can't really have any influence on that. He put the team out, the team mm-hmm. let him down in that evening, not Arteta letting the fans of the team down.
0: Yeah, I think what people will highlight is uh, a reflection upon January and not bringing in a striker uh, because Lacazette was, for the 17th game, uh, unable to score from open play, uh, which is an awful statistic for a number nine when you're in a race for top four and when the rival that you have for top four has Kane and heung Son as their options up top. It is a damning statistic. Do you think there is any kind of argument that for Brighton at the weekend, we need to experiment and try something different, be it a Martinelli, be it an Enketia, be it even Nicolas Pepe being used as a possible option?
1: You know, the way I see it is if we lose a game the whole, the blame is always going to be on that striker position. It always, mm. We're always going to look back to January. But if we win the game, it's, you okay, yeah, this is, this is a good decision. This is good. We This is really well. We've got, like I said, the creator striker. I think it, we've put ourselves in that position now where it's going to go one way or the other. It's not going to be, mm. uh, it's just literally going to be 50-50, black or white. That's what it's going to be. But ahead of the Brighton game, it's a good question. I think I'd keep with Lacazette simply because we're going to be at home. I think we've shown at home this season that we are a much better side. I think Lacazette struggles sometimes away from home against against teams where we're under the coach a little bit. I think here Brighton at home, I think we should stay with Lacazette. Unless if I did have to change him, I would because they Martinelli as another and maybe putting in Smith rowe But I think I'll stick with Lacazette. I think the game against Crystal Palace was a Hopefully it was an anomaly. I think it was everyone was just poor that day. I don't, I can't put, p- pick out one good performance. I think if you're mm-hmm. going to drop like then why you're not going to drop Guard, Why you're not going to drop uh, all the other players? That like, like Gabriel, for example, why you're not going to drop all the other players? I think, like I said, yes, 17 hours or a goal from Oplay is horrible, but I don't think at this moment of time, throwing Mustelli in a strike position when we're in, we have we're in the final stretch of the season. Suddenly changing the system is a risk, and I, I would not, I would not be willing to do that at the moment. I think I'd stick with Lacazette for the brand new. Yeah.
0: I think that yeah, it's a it's a mad situation to be in where you, your striker's not scored from open play for that long. Southampton at home was the last time he got his goal, um, but I I think the Brighton game is an opportunity because you know besides bright uh, besides Norwich, they're probably the worst side in the league right now. Um, they've lost six of the last seven, uh, and they I think they drew the other one. Uh, so you know that and they drew against Norwich. So it's not like they're particularly you know threatening at the moment so if you are going to be able to make any changes if you are going to try something different perhaps that is the game in which you can try a Martinelli up top or you can try a, a Pepe or as Philip says here switch the system um thoughts on going to a back three uh can I make this the, the poll for today uh unfortunately because guys not and I haven't got control of the pole, so we can't have the poll in the chat box but do you think uh it's something that we've we we need to think about with Tavares and Tierney and Partey as kind of these question marks. Tavares, not injury, of course, but just in being included as defensive questions. Do you think that's the right way to move forward?
1: Yeah, it's worrying. It really is worrying. This is not what you want going into the final stretch of the season, having to change a whole system when we, we need consistency. We need to maintain a team. We need to keep winning games. And then changing the system so late into the season, it really is not ideal. And I'd be against it. However... The performances of our fullbacks yesterday was so bad. And I think every game now that we play, if we do play that formation, you know where the opposition team are going to target. You know where they're going to go. They're going to go down Tavares' side, Cedric's side, and it's going to kill us from, no, from those from those sides basically. And I think unfortunately, if Kieran injury is very serious, then and Tavares is our only left back option. I think we might just have to consider it, even though I'm against it, but we might have to.
0: I've just heard, I've got an exclusive message from Guy Clark that there is a poll now available in the chat box. So uh, if you'd like to drop a vote on that, uh, is it time to switch to a back three? Yes or no? At the moment, 60% saying yes, 40% saying no. Um, so make sure you get your votes. If you're watching on Facebook, hop over to YouTube and you'll be able to vote on that poll. Um, look, I think that there is scope for it. Um, I was having a couple of conversations this morning and this idea about switching to the team that you know grounded out results when we won the FA Cup. You know, we're in a, a position now where we're in a cup run, basically. It, it feels like that and Holding has shown to be an absolutely competent defender in a back three this season when he's been called upon. White is very impressive on the right-hand side of a back three. He's done it for England. He's done it for Arsenal. He's done it for for Leeds as well, and Brighton, of course. So I think it's something to think about. I think it's an option. I think also if we are going to use Tavares on the left-hand side, it would mitigate the number of defensive responsibilities he would have, and he would be able to be you know, the the wing-back that he probably is more suited to being. I think then you put Saka as the right wing back on the right-hand side. You've then got an argument about whether you go with kind of the three in front or do you go with a two? Can you play Pepe off of Lacazette in kind of a two up top? Can you play Martinelli off of Lacazette in a two up top to give you kind of that that option? Or do you play you know a front three of, say, Lacazette and Martinelli and, or Smith-Rowe and Odegaard on the right-hand side to combine still with with Saka in that right wing back role? Where does Tomiyasu come into things? There's also an argument that if we stick with the back four – could Tommy you, when he returns to fitness, which we would hope to be for Brighton, could he play at left-back instead? He has played there before. It is, he's a versatile defender. Do we move somewhere else there? Because I feel like with Partey out, Xhaka cannot be the left-back option. He has no. to stay in the midfield. We have to make sure that he's in that position. So that, Arteta's got a huge amount of you know choices to make for this game. But there's only one really important question still, Bailey, is that whether you think we're going to make the top four still.
1: Like, I don't think we should overreact with a top- Crystal Palace game. As I said, I'm hoping it really was an anomaly. I think it was a really poor performance from every single player on that pitch, set from Samuel Congo who came on. So I don't want to say, oh, our top four hopes are dashed after we lose one game. We're still, It's still in our hands at the end of the day. We've still got the game in hand. It's literally still in our hands. So to say it's over, that would be being very negative. But I do get the comments yeah. simply because... I think this game really did highlight the lack of depth. We have the lack of star power, superstar power, because we have stars, but a superstar power. And yeah, the lack of being able to change things and the difference between us and Tottenham and United, the difference between us and Tottenham and Manchester United is that they have Kane and they have Ronaldo, where we don't have that. And we really have to, if we want to win now, we have to play well to win. Whereas Tottenham and Man United are more able to grind out results because they have that one player who can get a cheeky call, get the team back into the game. I think... We had chances in the game against Crystal Palace where we could have got back into the game. I think of Martin Odegaard's chance, I think of Smith-Rowe's chance. We get one goal there, the whole momentum mm. could, could change fully. I and mean, Unfortunately, we don't have that player who can really change a game like that. And I think in the summer, that is what we need to address.
0: Yeah, I think that in the summer there's there's going to be loads of questions about how we approach this and I think the depth has been certainly highlighted how vulnerable we are with the depth in certain positions on the field and the difference in in kind of the performances when a number of players have changed out. Striker is huge, we know that. The left back position maybe needs a little bit of thinking around it, Tavares. I don't want to rule a player out off the bait off the back of, you know, two performances against Forest and now Crystal Palace because I've seen the potential in this kid. You know, I know what he's capable of showing us. So I don't really want to write him off, but it, you know, if you're, if you've got ambitions of getting to the top, you do need to be continually assessing every single player. Um, the midfield is definitely an area that we need to think about. Cause without Partey, you know, you really are starting to worry about what the depth is of this side. Lukonga and 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 not, haven't played loads together. Um, Lukonga is obviously a great talent, but he's looked at as kind of person to eventually replace Partey. But the Xhaka position, if it is Xhaka to be the leading figure of our midfield, could we go in for someone big in the summer? Absolutely, we could to improve things. And regarding the, the top four, though, look, as you said, Bailey, at the moment, it's still in our hands. So you can't, you can't write off Arsenal when they've still got, you know, if they were to win the rest of their games, they they would get top four, no matter what the results of other teams are. And other teams have still got to play big matches as well. We could see that it switches. We could see Arsenal win against Brighton and suddenly Spurs and Man United are dropping more points at the weekend. So there is lots of football still to be played. There are some big games coming up. Arsenal need to make some big choices and Mikel Arteta is going to be at the centre of that though. Um, Let's jump into the chat box for the last couple of minutes to take some of your questions. Philip says, not that this should be the main reason to swap positions, but if we play well with a back three for a few games, might that help with a long-term picture for William Saliba?
1: No, I think the game yesterday proved that even without a back three, the (laughs) long-term picture of Saliba has definitely helped. It shows we do need rotation. We do need different options Mm -hmm. there. I think you can't trust Mm -hmm. Ben White and Gabby. They're still young centre-backs, 23 and 24 years old, I believe. That is very young centre-backs centre-backs usually peak around 28 to 30 age even older than that so they have still got a lot of learning to do meaning you can't trust them in every single game to bring out 10, 10, 10 performances so you're going to have is going to be needed regardless yesterday was a great proof of that he could have come in yesterday maybe for Ben White who was disappointing yesterday um, and just yeah a bit of rotation so Saliba regardless should 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 have a long future at the club
0: long future mm, sorry absolutely Um Two time strikers says Kevin, one centimeter's cover, a left back and a right back is the minimum for the summer window. Uh, Vinny says Bailey predicted this loss. It was a difficult game. No need to overreact. Um, <laughs> you know, you know how bad it was uh, when I'm making jo- when I'm not making jokes as PD Weed, who's basically become the class clown of the chat box at this point. Uh, Jeffrey says, "Why don't we try even Saka, Martinelli, and Ketia Pepe as our number nine? It shows the options that there are. I don't think Saka is a number nine by any stretch no. of the imagination, but you know, Pepe really is mm-hmm. someone that could be considered uh, as a. You know, I never really looked at him, and I always was critical of the idea of using him as a striker, but. In this situation that we find ourselves in, I'm very open to, to different ideas, and he certainly is one. Uh Ju says, I said it yesterday. If only we can defend well and make use of our chances, we're going to come home with a point. But last night was mistakes and misses. That's something that I don't think many people have picked up on, actually, is that Saka had a great chance, Smithray had two great chances, Erdegaard had a fantastic chance as well, and we didn't take any of them. And you take all of them and you're four three up. <laughs> you know, and I know that seems mad, but It's true that we didn't take the chances. Saka could have arguably had a penalty as well. I think there was a really strong shout for that to be a penalty. Um, And, you know, the first Palace goal was very fortunate of coming off the back of Anderson's head, which then led to Mateta, who, if you haven't yet seen the images (laughs) of how his face lights up when the ball's going towards him, you know, you definitely should, because even as an Arsenal fan, it's uh, (laughs) some ironic smiling going on. But it, for me is not one to melt down over it's one i think that i've said before if we were ever going to drop points this was the perfect time to have the kick up the backside not you know three games before the end so you capitulate and all the pressures on but when you've got nine games left and you're still in the race and there's time to arrest that slide if it was going to happen i'm fine with it happening now i'd rather drop these points than drop them against spurs or man united or west ham or chelsea i'd rather drop them now Hopefully in the next game, we can see some improvement. And we'll obviously be covering all of the build-up to the game against Brighton this week. And you'll be able to watch Mikel Arteta's press conference when that does come out. We'll be doing further shows this week, of course, at 10 a.m. As always, myself, Bailey and Chris and Guy will always be filling your screens with more Breakdown. Bailey, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. See and guys in the comments section. Let's hope for a bit of a, week, a good week ahead and just forget about yeah. Monday night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Move on to the next one. Uh, We're still in the race. And uh, drop a like on the video if you indeed did enjoy it. Just have a quick check on the poll. 52% of people saying we should switch to a back three. 48% saying no. So, interesting. Very split indeed. We'll have to wait and see what happens in the end. As always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.